All right, I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 17. We're going to begin there, and I'm just going to talk to you about uh, the promise that Abraham received from the Lord, and we're just going to unpack some of this. Uh, Romans chapter uh, 4, verse 17 through 22. This is what the Bible speaks of Abraham. It says of Abraham, In the presence of God, whom he believed, he who gives life to the dead and calls those things which are not as though they were, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken. So God says to Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And the Bible says that Abraham believed in the declaration of God, the God who calls those things that are not as though they were. So shall, he said to Abraham, so shall your descendants be. Um, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead, since he was about a hundred years old, nor did he consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, listen to that, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. So I just want to unpack this verse for you just a little bit. The question is before us. Uh, just as Abraham believed in the promise that was given to him by God, uh, that he would be the father of many nations before he ever had a child of his own, the question before us today is, do you believe? I think it's interesting. I didn't compare notes with the worship team, but we begin to declare today you're the miracle worker. You're the way maker. When I don't see it, you're working. When I don't feel it, you're working. This is the position that Abraham took. Are you, as a believer, going to believe the circumstances that are around you? Or are you, are you as a believer, going to believe what God has said and what God is saying to you, about you, and for you in your behalf? The Bible teaches us that when Abraham received the word of the Lord, nothing of his circumstances changed. I'm going to let that hang there in your mind for a minute and let you think about that. Abraham received the word of the Lord. The promise of God comes to him and says, you're going to be the father of many nations and uh, you're going to uh, bear a, a son and, and uh, through him I'm going to populate the earth with your name. I'm going to prove myself faithful to you. And Abraham goes back to his family and he says, Guess what? I want you to call me father. And they're like, What? Call you what? In fact, I want you to call me the father of many nations. I want you to begin to see me and to refer to me as the promise that I received though nothing had immediately changed. I want to know what God has spoken to you. I want you to consider again the promises that He made to you and that He has spoken over your life. And I wonder if you have begun to say to those around you, this is what God is saying to me. This is what God is promising me. This is what God is going to do through me. And I want you, my friends and family, 
to begin to see me the way that God sees me. I don't want you to see me the way you see me anymore. I want you to see me the way God sees me. I want you to begin to speak to me the way that God is speaking over my life. Listen to the terminology in this passage. Just listen. The Bible says that Abraham was not weak in faith. The Bible says that Abraham was not weak in faith. That he maintained his faith in God. From the moment that God began to speak to him and began to make promises to him, he began to rehearse and to contemplate what that promise might look like. The Bible further says that Abraham did not consider his own circumstances. I wonder how many of us, when we contemplate the promises of God, could say that we cease to consider our own circumstances. I wonder as you contemplate what walking with God looks like in the days ahead of us, are you contemplating His promise or are you contemplating your circumstances? The Bible also says that Abraham did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. He didn't consider Sarah's circumstances. He not only stopped considering his own circumstances, he stopped considering the circumstances of those that are around him. I want to challenge you today that God's promise is greater than your circumstances. God's promise is greater than the circumstances or the behaviors of people around you who are not uh, determining to walk even in the same promise as you. I want you to stop considering your circumstances. I want you to stop considering the circumstances of the people around you. The Bible says he did not waver at the promise. Thank you. These guys are taking care of me today. The Bible says he didn't waver at the promise, but he was, listen, 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 as my voice squeaks. He was strengthened in faith. Now, now it says at the beginning of the passage, he was not weak in faith. And then it says, he was strengthened in faith. And he did not waver at the promise. I want to submit to you that in his flesh, in his soul, in his mind, in his will, and his emotions, he had a bit of a roller coaster ride regarding the promise. Because the terminology that we are given here in Scripture indicates that he started out not weak in faith, and then as he moved through the process, he didn't waver at the promise because he was strengthened in his faith. How did he do that? Regardless of the circumstances, he continued to rehearse what God had said to him in his mind and in his heart. So when his faith was tried, listen and understand this. He was not weak in faith, but that does not mean that his faith was not tried. He was not weak in faith, but when his faith was tried, he was then strengthened in faith. Would you receive that? Well, I'm prophesying to you right here. Listen, this is prophetic over your life. You are not weak in faith, but you interpret 
your faith being tried as a place of weakness. And I want to correct that in you right now. When your faith is tried, that is not a place of weakness. But that is a place for you to be strengthened in faith. And I think the Holy Spirit was very deliberate to put the terminology in this passage just the way that he did. He was not weak in faith. He did not consider his circumstances. In other words, he didn't just continually dwell on his circumstances. He did not fail to see them. He did not fail to see his circumstances. He just decided to consider what God had said. So he was strengthened in faith. There's a very key element that comes up next in the passage. He gave glory to God. I want to tell you it is the human condition to give glory to our circumstances. It is the human condition to give attention to our circumstances. And God is speaking to you today, brothers and sisters, that you give glory to him and not to the circumstances that are around you. It occurs to me that maybe you're facing a cutback in hours or even job loss or, or some other economic transition that is going on in your life. When the scripture says that I have come uh, to bless you and to strengthen you, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Uh, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. And as you face those transition in your circumstances, are you going to glorify God or are you going to glorify the circumstance? This is what, how the passage concludes. He was fully convinced. Listen to those words. He was fully convinced of God's ability to perform what was promised. I want to suggest to you that you become fully convinced of the promise of God over your life in, in spite of the circumstance that you are facing Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things that are seen were not made by things that do appear. Or what that essentially says is the things that we see we're not made by what we see. Isn't powerful? The world was framed by the word of God. You know if you go back and you read in the book of Genesis that God said, let there be light, and there was light. God said, let the land and the waters divide, and the land and the waters divide. Let the waters bring forth life, and, and fish came forth in the waters, and so on. Let the land produce fruit, and, and the land begin to produce fruit. If what you see was formed by the declaration of faith, I'm being very careful with my words here. I want to, I want to make sure that you grasp this this morning. If what you see was formed by God's declaration of faith, then what is needed ahead of you will be formed by your declaration of faith. Your words are forming what is ahead of you. And I want to challenge you that without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
Then I want to point you to uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 55 and, and verse 11. God says this, So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void without producing any effect. It will not return to me useless then, but it shall accomplish that purpose to which it is sent. My word will prosper in the thing for which I send it. So we go back to where we began. The question is before us again. Do you believe? Are you walking in faith toward God? Do you believe more of the circumstances that are around you? Or are you believing what God has said and is saying? Many of you today, mamas, are, are, are living lives where you have children who are away from God and, and you are spending time in prayer over them and, and you're crying out to God for, for them. Is your cry the cry of fear or the cry of faith? Did you know that God promised that your whole house will come to him? He's called your entire family to him. If you are walking with God, you have the promise for your house. Do you believe what God has said? Or are you believing circumstances? If you're facing transition in your life right now, are the circumstances bigger in your mind than the God that you serve? I remind you, he said, my word that goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me void without producing any effect. It will not be useless words. It will accomplish that purpose for which it is sent. It will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. I want to challenge you to move in faith toward God. I'm going to pray with you right now before we move forward. We're going to stop right here in this moment, and I'm going to pray. God, I speak over the minds and over the lives of your people that are listening to this word today, that are listening and hearing what I'm saying, that faith would be stirred in their heart, for without faith it is impossible to please God, and that their words would begin to be shaped around what you are saying over them and not around what they are seeing in their circumstances, that their words would begin to be the rudder of their life, that their words would begin to uh, launch them in the right direction, that their declaration would become your promise over their life, over the lives of their spouse, over the lives of their children, that your word would become more to them than the circumstances that they see around them. I pray that in the mighty name of Jesus. And now I want to talk to some of you who are listening, who perhaps you don't know Jesus. And I just want to share the gospel with you today one more time. I want to give you the gospel in, in a very simple framework. In fact, the gospel is as simple as ABC. For those of you who've never met Jesus, I want you to listen to my words. For those of you that are part of the kingdom of God, who've never uh, had the ability to share your faith, well, I want you to listen as well. First of all, A, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, Romans chapter 3 and verse 23. And then B, Romans 10 and 9 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, all have sinned, 
simply believe. And then see if you confess with your mouth that he is Lord. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. All have sinned, simply believe and confess. A, B, C presents the gospel to you in such simplicity that, that God is with you. Listen, that, that passage in Romans chapter 10 says, with the heart we believe into righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made into salvation. And the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not, will not be put to shame. It's time for you to come out of your shame. It's time to come out of your hidden place. I was talking to a young man some weeks back and he was considering that maybe we're experiencing a season of judgment from God. And I was quick to correct him that, that God is not judging him in, this, in these days. Judgment was taken on the cross. That he doesn't need to live in fear of the Father. He just needs to come and receive what Jesus has done. You don't need to live in fear of the Father. He's not, he's not correcting you. Jesus took your correction. He's not punishing you. Jesus took your punishment. He's standing in front of you today with his arms outstretched and he's saying, whosoever will may come. With the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. If you have never received Jesus, would you pray with me right now? Jesus, I'm a sinner. I recognize my need of salvation. I recognize my need of a savior. The Bible says that you are the way to the Father. Would you forgive me of my sin? I confess with my mouth because I believe in my heart that you are Lord. Say that again. I confess with my mouth because I believe in my heart that you are Lord. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name. Now I want you to do me a favor if you prayed that prayer. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But I want to challenge you that the scripture does not encourage me or, or instruct me to make more believers. The scripture instructs me as a pastor and as a leader to make more followers of God. So I'm not simply wanting you to pray that prayer and receive forgiveness of sin, but I want you to know Jesus. So would you contact me? If you go to colw.net and you grab the email link there, you can email me and you can say, Pastor Anthony, I received Jesus as I listened to what you said on Mother's Day or from your Mother's Day service. If you send me your phone number, I'll call you. If you send me your email, I'll email you. If you send me your address, I'll send you some information in the mail and I will uh, speak into your life and to help you to become a follower of God. Not just one forgiven of sins, but one whose life is changed because he learned to walk with Jesus. Would you come?
and walk with Jesus. Be a follower of God today. Church of Living Water, we love you. Happy Mother's Day. Moms, we honor you. Ladies, we lift you up today and we encourage and strengthen you in the presence of the Lord. God bless you. We look forward to seeing you at prayer tonight at 6 o'clock.